one and only polite coolery. You gotta start it off with the polite coolery. I fucked that up. But the polite coolery tag <laughs> over our shit. We've been drinking. Yeah, we've been drinking. And you know what we've been drinking. It's, 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 the secret is out. <laughs> the cat's out the bag. But we are the one and only, the polite coolery. You're too late. It's Benny. I don't have nicknames no more. I do. I'm just a man of many velours. We're just going to leave it at that. Then we got my brother, the one and only MOE. And what is he drinking on? Tito's. (laughs) (laughs) Then we got Martel Marty, Evil Marty. He showed a little side of himself earlier. That's between us. It's between us. It's the dark side of Marty, the evil Marty. The eye in the sky to make everybody look fly, you feel me? We got the silver surfer on the boards, the master of waves, Q cold-blooded. And we got a special guest today. Like I said, man, it's artistry and everything. You know, like, it's artistry and how you, like, structure your days. It's artistry how, like, in parenthood, your business, everything that you do is artistry in it. And we got, like, a really, really just amazing artist in the dugout tonight. The reason why I consider him an artist is because he basically brings life to where he brings life to places where people think there's chaos and that it can't be saved and that it lacks, you know, resources and care. He's one of the people, one of the artists that kind of gives us that bridge Give us hope, so to speak, that everything going to be all right. Just sit back and ride and trust the vision. Trust the process. process. And my man, my brother, Mo said it best. He's the St. Louis Rich Paul. That's just how we rock it, you know what I'm saying? Like, we got the one and only Alonzo J. Townsend in the dugout. Clap it up for my guy right now. What's going on? What's going on? I like that. I like that. Let's get a toast. Let's get a toast. Get glasses in hand. Come on, come on, come on. Polite coolery. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Get my man some champagne. I got some champagne. I got some of this Steph Curry gentleman's. Okay, you got the whiskey. The Steph Curry whiskey. I'm just kidding with it. To to, to, to St. Louis Rich Paul. Come on, man. Come on. (laughs) The one and only Alonzo J. Townsend. Is there Mexican champagne? Ooh. Is there? I just... It just, I thought I heard what you niggas said, but what? I was like, nope. I never nope. heard of it. Exactly. So, <laughs> so what if you just invented some shit? Let's trademark that. Let's Google it and act Mexican, upon it. But I figured out. Hey, come on, man. man. <laughs> come on. We have a child of titans mm. amongst us. Like, mm. titans, son. I like the rich pod, man. That was that's legit. Hey man, you gotta that's you know, yours now. That's, that's yours. Money, man. That's yours now. That's money. Like, you know, before that, they'd be calling me Barry Gordy. But mm. that was better. Cause you know, this is more dated. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is not a lot of people like, who is that? Barry Gordy. You know, you gotta be old. You, gotta know you, you say Rich Paul's like, oh man, I, he's just a Bingo. guy that uh, you know, negotiated four point some billion in deals and contracts. Yeah. contracts. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? It just, just a regular guy from the trenches came up. Upholding the bridges. Right, upholding the culture. Very. He got a book out. I've been meaning to buy it or at least read it. Because I like. Like I carry himself, you hey know. Man, he doing his thing out here, like, man. I, I like, I like. He's focused. Hum, yeah, yeah, humble, yeah. focused. Yeah. Just no bullshit. Look, we here to get my niggas money, get me some money, and just stay out the way. 
and fuck R and B bitches. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. That sounds like the life to me. <laughs> hey. I'm just here to show you niggas we better than y'all. <laughs> the blueprint. The blueprint. Or man. not that we better than y'all. Of how to do better. Yeah, how to do better. Do how to be better. Yeah. It's on you if you want to follow the blueprint or not. Yeah. You know. You know, man, man, how you feeling? I how feel you feeling, good, bro? man. I'm, um, I'm blessed to be here among my brothers, man. I appreciate. Thank y'all for having me on. You know, I man, love, I love doing this stuff, man. All yes. of our guests is due to this man right here. Come on, man. He again, the streets, man. The, he's the streets. The streets. <laughs> he's the streets. He is, like he when is. he'll he'll come back. It's just simple. It's just like, it's like clockwork. He, yeah. He'll come to me like, hey, you need no bullshit. Morgan the was in here. Morgan you know, he, he, was in here. He was doing an episode. He's like, man, you know what? You know, you know who you need to uh, interview? Lonzo. And I was like, hey, who was that? And then I only knew you by like your Instagram name. Yeah. I'm like, oh shit, no him. Yeah. I'm like, Sneeko's manager. I'm like, all right, cool. And then when Nico said the same thing, oh he loved that. You need to have him on there. Hey. Yeah. I'm like, okay, like, no, and those two of my best friends just yeah. telling me like. They always tell me, like, yo, and they never steer me wrong. Yeah, as soon as you told me, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah. Hey, let me get back to you real quick. I'll, my people, call your people. But you know when I'm free? But you know when I'm really? Nah. I'm busy hitting on my schedule. Okay, right through. I'm like, man, let's do it. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Let's cook. We cook. I was supposed, like I told you, I was supposed to beat you Friday, but the fit wasn't hitting. I couldn't make it to Sophie's. I was kind of disappointed in myself. I should have planned better. You should have, because it was crazy. Yeah, man. Everybody was everybody was showing love. I was like, damn. People was once people asked me where I was at, like, cause we seen you out a few weeks. Where you at? Like, man, I'm about to catch this flight, man. I'm sorry, y'all. Hey man, shout out to Nico with the Steph Curry shot with the alcohol. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's man from half court. I think that's amazing because I've seen First of all, it couldn't have happened to a better person. Let's Absolutely. just start with that. Absolutely. Um, and just again, it's just it teaches people like, hey man, like it, it doesn't hurt. Throw it out there, put up the shot, see where you go with it. Yeah, for sure. But the other thing you represented is man, do the work. You know what yep. I'm saying? Nico did the work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I came in, you know, as management, and my job is to elevate the work. Mm. My job is to like make the work visible. Nico, all ready to go. She's been doing this. You know what I mean? Right. So for my my job is to, you know, elevate and uplift or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So in the last year and a half, two years, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, she's been so strong to be able to make shots like that and they go in. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that, that shows the trajectory of the work. That shows show the weight of the work. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. Nico is... You know, so not only she respected her, but you know what I mean. Now, outside of this bubble, you know what I mean. Like, for her to DM Dion to put it all out there. For her to DM Dion, <laughs> for him to for her to DM Dion, and for him to see it, acknowledge it, and then go in on it. That's sort of way to the work. Because yeah, you, you know, you people like, oh, yeah. okay, she got motion. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. That's understand. what I'm saying. Like, That's yeah. what I mean. Like, because like you see it. You know what I mean. Yeah. All of us, we think about DM somebody all the time. You know what I mean? Sometimes mm-hmm. you might have did it. You know what I mean? And it's still on, not unread. You know what I mean? Like it's right. still sitting there. 
So for you to have some type of weight to be able to send a message like that, this dude got like 1.2 million followers on Instagram, I think, mm-hmm. or something. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So you automatically would think he on Old Spice commercials and all that. Like, right, you automatically right. think, like, Black-ish. he's not doing yeah. his but social media. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, come on. Come on, bro. You know what I'm saying? Just a regular guy with, with nice feet. <laughs> Exactly. He lost his follower account. All my friends. And I still won't reply. <laughs> right. Hey, that's that's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? No, like, like discernment. Discernment. Yeah, yeah there it was. Mother there shit. Is. Marty there taught is. us that shit. He did that shit with Clint. Yeah. And he was a bad shot the shot. Hey, you come yeah. through our podcast. Yeah. Then when I see him do that, I'm like, yo, look, let me ask Ron Davis if you yeah, come man, through. Come on, man, and I shot the shot. And yeah. then he's like, yeah. We might have to get, get the ball back rolling. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Hey, like, yeah. We had a comedian week. Like, where it was just like, and it was like, yo, yeah, we'll come through and do some, you know what I'm saying? Do some joints with y'all. If if none of that before, and then not this weekend showed you, like, man, sky's the limit. Shoot them shots, man. You never know what's going to cook. And so, you know, he cooked, you know, talked about the number. The number was manageable, and Mm. he came straight from a sold-out show at the pageant right over to Sophie's and did his thing. Like, it's crazy, man. Work ethic's you know, crazy. It was cool as hell. Bro, it was, was telephone. He, like, wasn't yeah. Hollywood shit from my, from my standpoint. Shot time, No, he right? wasn't. He, yeah. Yeah, from, our, yeah, from my standpoint, too. Like, yeah, as soon as he came in, came in with his okay. manager, he yeah. was yeah. cool as the other side of the pillow. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Just got the work. He like, hey, just don't, don't have everybody on my face other than that, man. Let's do it. <laughs> I was like, man, you know, what I'm saying? he ain't want no, you know, camera on his face. And yeah, he yeah, like, yo, make sure, he like, man, make sure, make sure the front of the stage is clear for me, man. You know, other than that, man, let's do it. You know what I mean? Like, he came up there and just like, man, he was vibing. He was doing. He was, you know, you could tell he loved it. And I had no idea, dude, was a house DJ. Nico, obviously, student of the game. She knew his track record. It was so random to me. I was just like, Deion Cole. Yeah, like, when he's yeah, one of my favorite comedians. Like, what? Man, when Nico, yeah, what he was going when Nico called me the first day and was like, hey, so I called, and she was telling me what was up, and I was like, he DJ? <laughs> right, that's what I told him. I like, go for, yeah, he like, he does house music. I'm like, go figure. I have no idea. Like, like this, wow. this Chicago, it makes sense. So, and then yeah. when you see him up there on stage and stuff, he's doing his thing, you could tell that he loved it. Yeah, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It was so like, uh, man, if he fit right. It was natural, yeah, yeah it was natural. That's what that's what he grew up on, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, that's yeah, that's amazing. Like, as far as like you managing, yeah. was that something that you felt that that you were destined for, or something you felt like you were just passionate about, or was it just both? It is the bloodline. So my late father is a legendary blues musician mm-hmm. named Henry Townsend. The Henry Townsend. Henry Townsend. Back and forth. What you uh, yeah, come yeah. on. Yeah, D. Henry Townsend. Um, he recorded every decade since 1929. He like the longest. That got to Amer- be a record. Yeah, it's the longest American roots recording artist um, mm. to do so. Um, when he started his career, he won no Grammy. When he passed away, the year after he passed away, you know what I'm saying? He won a Grammy. Mm. So, like, you know, it shows the length Is, of the work. Did you say 29? Yeah, yes. his, first record was, his first record was 1929. Yeah, I'm the baby of the family. Yeah, <laughs> bro. So my dad, so my dad, my dad passed away in 06. He was when he passed away, he was ninety five. Ninety something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was on, we was on the gig. He was out, we was up in Wisconsin. He was about to perform. It's 
crazy. Damn. It was the first time. It was where he and made. He was in his nineties. Yeah. It was where he was. Was where he made his first record. And it was the oh, first time wow. he had ever been back there since he made the record. So he had to be in he his passed away. 70s so when he had you? Full circle. Yeah, that was seventy-seven. Say, that's what I was, yeah. 77. Wow. So, you know, yeah, so that's dad, my dad. Thank and so God he's the God. one, he's <laughs> the one that got me started managing, crazy enough. Because, like, oh, okay. when I was a kid, he, like, he bought these computers, had me doing letterheads and all this type of stuff for him, like, all this type of, like, towards the music. And then, like, when I was nine, I was writing his checks. When I was, like, 12, I started reading his contracts and negotiating for him. And then when I was 14, 15, I started actually, like, ne- doing the gigs for him, like, managing them oh, type man, stuff. Oh, yeah. He had me at the show selling CDs. He put me on the phone with somebody wanted to book him. I knew the number. I knew what he wanted. Mm. He almost drove everywhere he couldn't fly to. So he'd be like, you know, tell him I need five grand plus my mileage reimbursed. Mm. Type stuff. So, like, I hated it when I was a kid. I hated it. Because, yeah. you know, I like wrestling. I was, yeah. um... <laughs> you know what you wanted. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I wanted to be a kid, but, like, you know, he ingrained this stuff into me early. So, like, you know, fast forward, after he passed away, I, like, I wasn't doing nothing in music. I was... My daughter was just born. I was trying to figure out, like, what I really wanted to do in life. And somebody pulled me into doing MC work for, like... Um, this event called the Baby Blues Showcase, and it was all blues musicians that was like under the age of 30 and 25 and all that. Mm. So, like, that's when I started getting back in a little bit. And um, one of my dad's um, students, who's like, his name Marquise Knox, he's like one of the biggest oh, blues yeah, artists yeah, in the world yeah, now. Yeah. Um, Young dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, one of the oh, biggest blues artists in the yeah. world. He went on, he finna go to Europe. Tomorrow for I go watch mm. thirty him days. On yeah, mm. yeah. He finna go to Europe. He finna go to Europe tomorrow for a month. Twenty five shows. 30, oh, 30, oh, that thirty days. Ridiculous. Thirty no, days. Is- you know what I mean? Like <laughs> open up for ZZ Top, but you know, mm. beyond all that, you know what I mean? He's like one of the few that still can kind of connect to traditional blues music. Mm. But like he was a student of my dad, and so that's like my guy brother. Um, when he started doing his career stuff, he was like, man, you should go ahead and manage me. So we started taking around with it. He wanted to start his own label, to stay independent. So he started his own label, Knox Entertainment, mm-hmm. pulled me in as you know, the co-anchor of it. And um, for a couple of years, for like, yeah, 2014, 15, about 15, 16, you know, we started running that. I was busting tables. No, I was managing at this time. By use, I was busting tables at first between BBs and Oyster Boy, mm. and I started managing. Uh, the, the owner of Oyster Boy had a dream, and he was like, "Can I come and see you and he talk to you?" I'm thinking, "Dude, finna fire me." <laughs> <laughs> he called me. I call, I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to rack to my brain like yeah. why he calling These me. These spots are all across the street from each other, by the Bill on Broadway, right? Yeah, dude. Yeah, all of them was all connected. Yeah. Like John made down the BBs. Bill on Broadway was over there. And then, you know, John, we were down there at Orsa Boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I worked in both jobs for a minute until he made me manager at Orsa Boy. He called me. He was like, yeah, I need to come talk to you. And I had him come to my house. And he was like, yeah, I had a dream that you was my restaurant manager. And I talked to my wife, Vicky, and I want to offer you the job. It was crazy because, you know, I'm a young black dude at that. Yeah. At this, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Dude white. You know what I'm saying? John Johnson. Uh, cool as the other side of the pillow, though. I love that dude. But, like, young black dude, I was making tips, too. So I was like, do I want to go to salary for making tips? Because, you know what I'm saying, you can yank, you know, shit, y'all know how it is, like, shit, selling dope. 
You know what I'm saying? Right, because if you, if the you over, the, that, that overtime, you're going to see. Yeah. Man, with the tips. you know what I'm saying? If you, but yeah. salary, you, you won't. You, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know how to work that system, I swear, it's just like selling dope. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, not saying I did, but you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> hey, like, it's like, it's like a master of... The music, the music, it's a hustle. It's a hustle. It's a hustle. It's a hustle. Yeah. The music game, it's a hustle. So, like, yeah, if you know how to work some tables, so I'm like, yeah. Because he said he had a dream, I said, yeah. And so, I tell you that part, to be like one of the first artists I started managing on my own outside of Marquise was Elia Mini. And she like a uh, St. Louis hip hop artist, cold, you know what I mean? Like she hired her as my host. We was a host dance, talking about music all the time. And like she kept on nudging me to like to get back in management. She was like, you should manage again. I know you do Marquise, but ooh, you should do. And then like I heard her music, she started playing her music for me and like, you know, got the itch. So I'm like, I bet. So Manny was my first artist. Um, met her, yeah, shout out to Manny. Um, and then after Manny, my second artist was Tonina. Okay. Tonina mm-hmm. was like a worldwide. Was you, man- my, was you managing her when she hit the Obama list? No, nah, I had got her a couple of months after. Oh, so, mm. so that was a natural feel. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was a natural feel. But we had started working at KDHX together, and she was talking about like you know how she was frustrated with the money she was making at gigs, blah blah blah. And I'm like, dude. You represent something in the city that's like a unicorn. It's fucked up to say that, but it's the truth because yeah. it was like she's a woman instrumentalist. We got so many yeah. phenomenal women vocalists. Yeah, just singers. But she was a yeah. bass player, and she bass. was like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not only was she front and center, and she a vocalist, but she was a bass player. So, like, you know, what she represented represented to the, to, to the scene or whatever, to music here, was like I think to in my mind I was like oh man you special you know what I'm saying you can she this, breaks the stereotypes yeah, yeah you can get this money real quick you yeah. know because I mean? everybody think all oh, women singers blah 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 and yeah. they don't think man bullcrap so seeing that made the weight of not only the music scene but women in music her and I thought like that was something special we need to wrap that up into a package we need to sell that blah 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 so I told I'm like man let me manage you like you should be getting like two grand every time you play somewhere. Mm. And to, when I said two grand at the time, she was making like a couple hundred dollars, you know what I mean, doing dark room back when it was just a jazz room. It's like, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. just tips. Yeah, like mm-hmm. $100, $150 in tips, you know what I'm saying? So, she went right. so like, yeah, we packaged it. So she was my second artist. And so from that point forward, that's kind of like the, the, traject- the trajectory of where I'm doing now. Um... But it was it was always it was given to me by my father. Management was given to me by my father. So I I love spoken word. I love music. <laughs> my dad <laughs> for real. I, I, no, lo- I love last, music. Last week. Okay, okay, all right, all right. Let, let me give you some context. All right. I was like, what did I say? All right. Last week we we did an episode that they'll never come out. We were drunk. It we would was, never come out. It, we, 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 we never see the light of day. It's, it's in the safe. It's, it's in a vault. It's locked. We might sell it. Yeah, we might sell it. If you want it, hey, highest bidder. But okay, we was off the, the Steph Curry whiskey. That's what I'm talking about. some good whiskey, yeah, too. Yeah, shout out to Steph, shout man. To, shout out to Curry 30. Okay, so we was off, I'm off the whiskey, and I forgot... I, I brought up spoken word and how I hate spoken word. Damn. So, like, no, but no, no let, me, let me give you a reason why. All right, all right. Okay, so... It's two reasons for me. One, every I'm only going by my experience. Oh, so shit. every time I hear spoken word, it's at the wrong fucking time. 
I can like, feel that. So where it's just like, shh, be quiet. I'm like, I'm fucking drunk. Listen. I want to hear rap. Like, woman. You, want me to be quiet? you want me to be quiet? And then number two is... Hey, man. Why do you say lemonade? Before you take that. Before you take that. Before you drink that. Oh, and it, the, the second reason is the niggas be like ultra horny. Like, okay. I be thinking like these niggas about to make... They they be t- like yo we got a we got a poem about it's a poem about soul food the whole time they talking about a clitoris and I'm uh, like like what the fuck is going hey, on man? Hey, I ain't gonna lie though it can't it can't get weird <laughs> let me explain myself though <laughs> what was what's going because Marty's a stand okay he's a spoken word lately. <laughs> But that's why we laugh, because last week I was just, we were just going in on the smoking mm. like fam, like why is this happening? Just, like, hey, I ain't gonna lie, it can get it can get weird. But let me explain. So I like smoking water. I'm a big lyrics. So that's why that's probably what I should have said at first. I'm a big fan of lyrics. Mm. I love lyricism. lyricism. Yeah. Oh my god, I love lyricism. I love wordplay. And dad, a lot of spoken word artists are great lyricists. Absolutely. <laughs> and my and my my father was one of them. So like you know what I mean we were all type of blues musicians. Blues is like bluesmen are the original rap artists. Hip hop has been. It's here. the father. It's the, it's the yeah, father of styles. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? Like they talk about hip hop was born in the, you know in the '80s, whatever. No, nah. hip hop is so mother, blues well, is the roots of it. I mean, it's a tree of everything. Think, yeah. And blues artists was like a, a lot of original MCs. So like, if you take blues, like without blues, there's no James Brown. That's right. No James Brown. There's no hip hop. Yeah. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, but it's all it's all it's the all, foundation. It's the foundation. It's blues. <laughs> Yeah. So, like, other than management, that's the second thing I picked up from my dad was mm. uh, writing music. My dad wrote, wrote all his own music, used to sit there and do word, play, we sit there all day, all day talk about words. So, like, I was on this thing, like, so how do you follow the legacy? You know what I mean? Do you want to mm. be an artist or do you want to be a management? And so I did a couple of things, like, you know, so I went to a couple of little spoken words. It wasn't weird like that, though. Yeah, you know what I'm <laughs> we, I went to a couple. I did a track for the Blues Society one time. They asked me to write a song. I wrote a song. I mean, called a letter to my city. But then afterwards, I was like, it's so many artists that, like, first of all, it's so many, it's so many artists, especially here in St. Louis, that do so many different things. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, do I want to be a part of that pack and try to excel from the pack? and say that's the way that I'm going to continue the legacy or do I want to use something else and put that on the back burner and do something that we don't have a lot of here. Mm. And we don't have, a, and that, you know, that builds industry is having managers and PRs and, you know what I'm saying, like people that can really help, you know, draw the blueprint, be the architect behind the musician. So, like, you know, that's when I decided, like, management was supposed to be the calling, like you said earlier. Mm. That was, you know, it was a part of the bloodline because my dad taught it to me. So it's not like I'm stirring away from the legacy. Mm-hmm. And then, two, you know what I mean? It's something that we needed. I, yeah. I think what I, what I took from everything that you just said about, like, just the lead up to it is that, all right, so I'm, I'm considering, like, your dad, when your dad was, like, doing his thing. So we're talking about 1920s, right? 
So if you think about it, it's like it's like that he's rooted, he knows nothing but tradition. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, yo, like, no, like my child. It's, it's like it's like those kids who know how to run a farm at eight years Man. old. Or like, I have this farm, I built this, I gotta teach my kids how to run this farm. Bingo. And he he basically taught yeah. you that. Like, hey, you say you want to watch wrestling, fam. He's like, no, no, no. You you can whenever you whenever you get some free time, but no, he, you gonna learn how to do this. No, it's, I he used to turn me the fuck down, talking about you little you too damn little. You ain't gonna be over there running around. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you what you need to be doing. But, I look at mm-hmm. it as like more like a like a cartel, like, you know how like they'll have a nephew, he might be built for the life, but Nigga might better go to business school and be a lawyer for the family. Yeah. Michael Corleone. Yeah, you know Come on now. Yeah. He's a where he's like, a his dad. I wanted to be in the yeah. army. I want to go to college. And he looked. He, and the Don sings something. And he's like, I-, I got plans for you. I got plans for you. And yeah. now, of course. Yeah, same way my old dude was. He was. He used to always say like, um, Jesus learned his father's business at the age of nine. Mm. So he was like, he. A, you know, connect them dots and all that. But yeah, he wanted to give me something. So the thing for my old dude was, I used to ask him, like, you know, what made you want to play music? And he said, I ain't want to work in no field and I ain't want to work in no factory. I wanted to be able to give myself something that nobody else could take away from me. So no matter what, he got something he can go, whether he's going to corner, you know what I'm saying, open up a box and play. I'm saying that's a way that he can make money for himself. Mm. So, you know, it was transcendent to me. He was like, I'm going to give you something that nobody can take away from you. At least at the end of the day, you got one skill. If you can't do sh- shit else, mm-hmm. you got one oh, skill that you can go out here and, you know what I'm saying? Make, make shit it, happen. Make, yeah, make something happen. Like, that's, I, he taught you the game. Yeah, I love that <laughs> that started so early in the, in the DNA. Like, because, yeah. like, for me, always, always, in my experience, in my lifetime, like, a lot of people be like, oh, my grandma went to Spelman or how, or, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, fuck no. You know what I'm saying? Like, my daddy was a hustler. Like, mm-hmm. my oldest brother was the, the turning point of my family. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, the one who was like, oh, life can be better. Here's something that, you know, education or something. Some, do something that somebody can't take from you. Yeah. Or, you know, do better. Everybody else in my life just work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's always beautiful to see the, the turning point in people's lives. Yeah, you want to have at least, like, one, one tool in your belt where you can survive. I mean, initially, I ain't know it. Mm, I ain't a, yeah. You know, initially I went on like, what the hell, you know, old folks music, blah, blah, blah. I used to be around all these old guys, fast forward. Like now, I'm like, I was around giants. Yeah. Like people that are like fingerprints of American music history at the time. I'm just like, man, all these old guys, Robert Lockwood, BB King, Honey Boy. You know what I'm saying? You'd be like, man, who are these? It's a kid. Yeah. You don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like fast forward, you know, it was a, it was a, yeah, icon. So you know, it's a part of the, part of the weaponry to kind of mm. cultivate where you supposed to go, in retrospect. Because for me, it's like, for what St. Louis has missed for so long is like what I was talking about the management, the PR. It's like the industry. That's industry. Mm-hmm. We never had industry. Chicago has industry. New Orleans has industry. Nashville, Austin, and what industry is shit is rooted into they, they DNA. It's into their tourism. It's into their administration. It's like they know the equity that music mm-hmm. brings to 
their city. Right. And so they use it to not only empower them, but at the same time to make equity back. You know, we finna build it. You know, we finna build, you know, and keep it there. So they give them opportunities. Yeah, all us, you know, it's, that's the, and then that's the other part, it's the ecosystem. We ain't never really had the ecosystem. The reason we had the ecosystem is because everybody, for a long time, people's degree of success was like Nelly. Uh, So when you think of St. Louis, I want them to think of me. Mm-hmm. And so it was like this chicken race. You know what I'm saying? Like, shit, whoever make it to the first and pull him back. No, nah, I'm finna get there. And so, like, that's not really the key to success. If you think about all them other cities, like our name, it's like they got artist communities. It's mm-hmm. multiple artists that come from the city. Yep. They they festivals like New Orleans. And some most most of they most of they festivals in New Orleans, you gotta live there to be on the bill. Mm-hmm. But we be in so much of a rat race. That we can't even come together. This was in the past, because now we're in, a, we're in a great spot now. But, you know, we were so much in a rat race that we couldn't even come together to do nothing like that. Right. To come and be like, oh, man, we finna put on a world-class festival where people gonna travel here, and all they gonna see is St. Louis. St. Louis. You know what I'm saying? New Orleans do that to this day. I can't remember what festival, because, you know, we've been smoking or whatever, but, you know... <laughs> Then they got a couple of festivals. Like you gotta live, you gotta you gotta literally live. You gotta be from Louisiana or you know what I mean in that retrospect to even submit and get on the bill. So like, I felt like that was the worker. The work was to build industry to make people like you know we had all these administrations and all these different mayors, and none of them have connected that bridge. We got you know they don't build our tourism on that. But so it was our job to show them how important musicians were, how equitable they were, and then at the same time empower musicians, you know what I'm saying? Put them into the mind frame that they businesses, that they provide a service. Mm-hmm. A lot of people like, you know, they look at us and think, oh, musicians are creators. Oh man, it's just a hobby. Hobby, you know? hobby, hobby. Go yeah. get you another job, go get your part-time job, you know, that's mm-hmm. just your hobby on the side. When in retrospect, like the, the other C's I name, man, people that say full-time lives. I mean, it's a, they got an LLC, they got a business guy, they got EIN, they write everything off, they do this, they do that. Mm-hmm. So they make it they make it work for them, and they make enough money where they can just support themselves being an artist. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's successful. Yeah, that's yeah. success. You know, that's, that's what success is. It's yeah, not being yeah. rich, it's not being famous, it's being able to do what you love doing you and making do. money, yeah. making money doing it. Like, what do you, do you seek... Like clients out, or do you just, or do they come to you, or is it a little bit of both? It's it's, it's a little bit of both. Um, I don't do more seeking though. Mm-hmm. I think I learned in the game that when it comes to artists, you want an artist to be having so much work or so busy that at the that's what they need you for is to lay that load off because they can't do it anymore, and so like. A lot of artists I work with or that I have been in um, work with, it's always been um, that you've already gotten themselves to the point or I want to help cultivate them to the point where they know the work. First and, first and foremost, I don't never come in and be like, hey, I got it all. You trust me. Let me do the work. You just do the music. That's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Don't let nobody tell you no shit like that. I want to walk you through it. I want you to know what the work is. I want you to do the work. Sometimes I'll tell them, that, you know, do the work, come back and holler at me. But do the work. Just know what you are hiring for. 
Mm. You know what I'm saying? Right. So like, That's do all, yeah, do the work. No, no, do the emails, do the connections, do that, all that PR, do that plus. So then that way, when you get ready to hire yourself a manager, you know what you expecting from them because you did the work already. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So you have to structure them like that if they're not already that way. So a lot of times, I'm approached by artists that are um, coming into a crossroads in a spot where they like, man, I've been doing all this, I've been doing all this, and, you know, people mess with me, woo, woo. now I'm ready to lay it off because I want to focus strictly on this. Would you... I don't know if I'm out of bounds saying this, but would you consider yourself a coach? So it's kind of like, you know, Mike needed Phil. Or, you know, he had mm-hmm. the talent, out-of-worldly talent, but was dropping 35 a night. Yeah. We just couldn't get over that playoff hump. Yeah. Would say, you say, like, a manager would be like, all right, let me... The right manager would be. Okay. They're going to be every step of the way. They're going to be in your ear. They're not going to just be there when it's time to collect the fee or when, you know, everything is sugar and sweet. Mm-hmm. They're going to be in your ear uh, every step along the way. No, I don't think you should do that. But if you really want to... I tell, I tell artists like that all the time I talk to whether it's Nico, whether it's Mastermind, whether it's whatever, I'll be like, hey, my thought is, eh, I wouldn't do it because blah, 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 blah. But if you feel strongly about it, let me know. We're going to go at it. Mm-hmm. But you're supposed to, and then, you know, they're going to listen. They're going to be like, oh, nah, it's all got me in advice. Yeah, think about it. Because sometimes, as we always know, not all money, good money. And mm-hmm. sometimes not every opportunity is worth what, you, what your worth is at that point. So it's two, you know, it's two sides. So I always try to make sure that they think in their mind frame. It always got to be elevation. But, you know, yeah, you def- yo, the right manager is a coach. They're going to be in your ear every step of the way because your success is their success. I work for you at the end of the day. I don't work, you don't work for me. Right. Now, is is it, I don't want to say like a time frame, but how hard or easy is is to cultivate that relationship where you're able to be, hey, let's debate about this. Because I, I guess it would probably depend on the artist and yeah. the, the artist's temperament. Yeah. Where it's just like, hey, again, like you said, like, you work for me. Like, yeah. I want you to do this. Yeah. How How do you build that relationship of where... Oh, they respect my opinion and me saying no. Let's pivot and do this instead. Yeah. So if it's a seasoned artist, then it's the point of they seen what they seen. You know, they, the proof is in the pudding. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying? they see what I do. They know what the work is. They trust in me at this point for me to be already at this. Your reputation is your reputation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know, what I mean, and you know, knock on wood. I don't, you know, I don't take that for granted, but a lot of times for the season artists, it's like, okay, you know, you know, I've seen him do this and this and this, so I'm going to trust the lead. Mm-hmm. If it's like one of the like you were saying on the other side, sometimes I do, it's a couple of artists like Kelsey Yo, you know what I'm saying? Kelsey Yo, Cole, she up and coming hip-hop artist, like, I will go out and find an artist, or I ain't going to say find an artist, sometimes because Kelsey got thrown to me by my sister. Like, six months ago, she sent me this video, and she was like, you need to see this girl, and I watched it. And I was like, yeah, she hard. I'm like, I bet. So I started following her on socials just to see how she moved. I want to see how she talk on social media. I want to see how much she take her music for, you know what I'm saying, like how serious she taking all this. Mm -hmm. I want to see what she do. And so I watched her for, like, three, four months. 
And, you know, everything was solid. She ain't talk out of bounds, not reckless. Like, she wasn't a liability. Mm. And so I like, so I approached her. And so when I approached younger artists, and then that, they see the proof in the pudding, then they trust, that's a, that's the other way for them to trust the lead, because they be like, oh, well, you know, he do a heavy eight with the heavyweights, blah, blah, blah. He got a mirror, so, you know, until he show me wrong, I'm a rock with it. Mm. So on both sides, I guess it's the reputation, it's the respect, it's what you build up with the artist. They gotta be able to trust you. This thing is a trust. It's a, it's the Townsend Agency. I always say is a family business. Mm-hmm. My business. Not not everybody look at it that way, and they're not, not supposed to. But it's a family business for me because you gotta trust me, and I gotta be able to trust you. I gotta be able to wake up and know that you're not finna be on no bullshit, or that you're not gonna put a rug out from under me. <clears throat> At the same time, you gotta trust me not to be on no bullshit, to conduct myself. I'm responsible for you, so I can't be out here lollygagging, out here drunk in the clubs. Oh, I seen your manager the other night getting lit. I have That's why I'm not a manager. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Everybody don't think about them variables. You're you know right. I mean? You know what I mean? Like, even, you know, keeping your nose clean. Like, mm. you know what I mean? Ain't nobody perfect. We nod when there's some f- fucked up shit. And we always try the best person, especially when you come from from this black heritage is, you know what I mean, you wake up and try to be better than you was yesterday. Mm. So when you in this business, you got to make sure that, you know, you take that to core. So it's my responsibility to make sure, you know what I mean, I stay on the up and up when it comes to the artist flat. It's a trust. Mm. So that's where that family business come in. I mean, we going to make money. We going we gonna to shine. But we love each other. We going to trust each other. Trust has to come with any management aspect. You can't look at it as just like business. Mm. You know what I mean? To me, I, I mean, it's, it's. don't get me wrong, it's people that do look at it as just like business. You know what I mean? Majority of them probably white. You know what I mean? Like, sh- I got plenty of clients. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? I can't look at them like, you know what I'm saying? I got a roster. I got a nice little amount of artists, but everybody, every artist that I have, I got a literally a personal relationship with them. Like, I, I always, I was always taught, like, when I started like just doing any type of whether it's polite coolery or polite as flannels, I always keep it back in my mind like that. Like you either build your brand and reputation with intention or negligence. Yeah. Which one you gonna Facts. pick, bro? And Facts. like that's exactly what you just basically said. It's like this is intentional. Like what I got is intention. And this is this is the goal. This is the mission. For not just me, but for y'all, and that's mm-hmm. why we family. Like break down towns and agency. Are there different tiers of management that you do, yeah. or is it everything just kind of like? No, nah, there's different tiers. So like you know, I do artist management, I do brand management, and then I also do um, event management. Mm. So like you know, I can run an entertainment st- um, stage, or I can run, or I can book it and produce an entertainment section for a festival. Like you know, I do the entertainment management for Frizz Fest. I mm. saw Leslie, Ricky, Amazing event. Val, you know what I mean? Um, now I do entertainment management for Black Wall Street Festival, you know, Western with Farrakhan, Chicago, and Young Voices in Action. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, at the same time, uh, when it comes to the artists, you know, I kind of steer away from doing artist management right after now at this point. <laughs> And, you know, I got a couple of artists that I manage. So, like, you know, Nico, I manage. BB, the Neo Soul, I manage. Mm-hmm. Kelsio, I manage. Um, a lot of the other artists I do, so like Mastermind, that's brand management. I mean, Kendall Davidson, brand management. Um, you know, Denise Tyler, brand management, whatever. But I prefer doing brand management other than artist management because I, I literally get to 
walk hand in hand with them and cultivate them through every aspect. So it's me building you up as a brand. That, that business and service part I was talking about, mm-hmm. I mean, like, that's me doing that work. So almost every artist I sat down with, um, pretty much, no, nah, you know, almost every artist I sit down with, the first thing we do is we talk about, you know, LLCs, break that whole down, uh, EINs, why that's important, go open you up a business account, then, hey, go, you know what I'm saying, go mm-hmm. sign up for the VLAA. You know, we one of the only few cities in the country that got a not-for-profit. They got a volunteer, lawyers and accountants for the arts. They provide free legal and accounting services for any artist or creative. Um, that's a goal, man. So, I, you know what I mean? A lot of artists, they don't want to do all this work because they be afraid of taxes. They be afraid mm. of the numbers, you know, because they don't know it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But if you give them the game or you give them the education or you give them resources to learn it, they're less afraid. So we structure, you know, in the town's agency, when I do stuff with artists, we structure them as a business because that's the only way that we can show the city and the region around us the equity in the artists. Mm-hmm. So now they are a business. My music not only is my passion, but I'm providing a service as well. And so now they got a paper trail. A lot of artists didn't know all this. So when they get ready to apply for rat grants and all that, they get denied and they get mad because they be like, why well, ain't denying this? And that's because they don't got no paper trail. Those organizations want artists that got a paper trail that's structured, that's giving this knowledge. But a lot of us haven't been given this knowledge for mm. one reason or another, especially when it comes to black musicians. A lot of us, especially when it comes to blues musicians. A lot of blues musicians, like, coming from my father, that's the, that's the fuel in it, too. Like, my father was structured, but when he started started out, he wasn't. He didn't know all that. And then a lot of blues music got paid on the table. They didn't get paid by check. They didn't get a documentation. Mm-hmm. And then for them, you know, especially coming from black people, you know, black our people, you know how we feel. Like, the less paperwork we got to do, all right, cool. We, if it's easier, we're going to yeah. go that route. And so if you're going to pay me $500 and just be like, hey, don't worry about it, all right, cool. But if I know in the long run it'll benefit me more for you to document you paying me $500 and I got something to come off of it and I'm structured enough or I'm educated enough to know what to do with it, then I make more than that $500 in the long run. So it was the job was to put that behind artists in a whole, young artists, old artists, whatever, but, like, give them that platform where in that in that access to somebody that will help them put that structure around them so they got a paper trail they can apply for rack grants they can apply for accelerators and at the same time they can be taken seriously too because all these festivals and stuff like that they be wanting, they be wanting to know how much money you gonna bring to them mm-hmm. how many eyes they gonna, you gonna bring to them all that, you know what I mean, no shade to nobody, but all that pay for play and I'm going to open up for future and for $200 a slot for 10 minutes and all that. Don't get me started. It don't mean nothing. There's no equity in that. Yeah, I ain't going to get on my horse on that, but I'm just going to keep it short and sweet. Like, none of that really means nothing. nothing. You can nothing. sit there and, oh, I put on my resume that I opened up for little Baby and all that, but it don't mean nothing. When the first, when you want to get on them stages that you dream of, they want to know how many people you're going to bring to them, how many Tickets are going to get bought. So the first question they're going to ask you is, what well, um, what was your last hard ticket show and how many you bring? Mm, and if you don't them. got that, mm. you know what I mean? They gonna, you going to uh, see you later. Holler at me when you got it. No you know? matter how how little, let's say you didn't sell a lot on your show. Mm-hmm. It means something because it's like, yo, that's how you build up your resume. It's like a yeah. resume. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're building yeah. up equity in yourself. It's a resume, but you're building up more equity in yourself mm-hmm. because whether that's 15, it was, say only 20 people showed up, mm-hmm. great. 
You know what I'm saying? When you, the catalyst is somebody else gonna take a chance on you because you had a show that was strictly was just you and people came just to see to you. you. And them 20 people came, all right, cool. So I can guarantee knowing that at least, even, even if I couldn't have, and say 10 of them 20 people gonna show up, there's 10 people I got in the door for me that's gonna buy liquor at the bar and it's gonna buy these tickets for this mm -hmm. festival. Come on, I'm, I'm gonna give you a shot, whatever. But then it's about, that's what it's about. It's about, you know what I'm saying, having the numbers and having the proof in the pudding and having the equity. So then also them numbers translate to, you know, the city and the region around you. You can take that to whether, you know, it's a organization like Kranzberg or it's like, you know, it's a collective of, you know, artists like us. And we going like, hey, man, this is how much we provide to your city or we provide to this area, to, to the north side. Mm. You know, invest in us. You know, pay attention to us. Um, like, and it was like you were saying, like, we don't know the information. It's kind of like guns. Uh -huh. Like, people are afraid of guns, so they know how to work it. Then it's just like, it's like clockwork. Oh, I know how to clean this motherfucker. I know how to, like, do everything with yeah. it. So it's just like, now it don't. Scare me. Like, you ever been to somebody with a gun range for the first time? Uh -huh. They nervous. They should be nervous, nervous you know what I'm yeah. saying? Because you don't want to hurt yourself. You don't want to hurt nobody. So that's a normal thing to have. But once you, we did it for six months. You like, oh, you're a natural now, yeah, like damn natural. near. <laughs> That's what, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I got um gifted with a partnership with Cranberg Wealth Foundation last year to program the dark room. And like that was one of the first things was like, all right, we finna make a proven round or a cultivation foundation in this venue that is already got like, you know, a little history behind history, it. Yep. You sure. know what I mean? But, you know, we wanna put artists in rooms that is originally I ain't even designed for them. I mean, Dark Room was always traditionally hey, jazz room. I, I want to say this. I think yeah. you succeeded in that because the people, again, the people that I've seen performing there, like where they have like flyers, like the first time I seen it was when Bodine did it. Yeah. Like, so when he was telling me before it got like, I think it was before it got announced, he was like, yeah, I'm about to do this, this spot or whatever. I'm like, all right. I'm thinking, now, again, Bo is seasoned. Yeah. So I'm thinking, like, yo, he got enough respect mm -hmm. to get a venue like that. But then once I started seeing people who, I, I don't want to be disrespectful, but lower than him. Running, don't, up that, and coming. Yeah, yes. up and coming. Yeah. That up and coming, and they yeah. trying to, like, sink their teeth in. And I started seeing those type of artists. I'm like, oh, I get what's going on. Because, mm -hmm. again, like, if a nigga was negative about it, they'd be like, yo, who is this nigga? Like, why yeah. they get this? Or nah, it, I, I seen it where it's like, I get what's going on. Yeah. And, and, and that's amazing. Because, again, that builds industry, like you were saying, where it's just like, yeah, like, I did. It, it gives, it's a lot of artists that I would love to see do that unplugged feel yeah. where I think they have enough talent they they have the work ethic mm -hmm. and I know they're gonna actually care about the show. And to have a venue like that and the the staff like y'all behind it to like look, we're gonna give this to you because we know you're gonna put on yeah, a great show. Yeah. That that builds not only their confidence, mm -hmm. but again, it, it it just builds them like, yo, I did this. Yeah, it's and, a it's a couple of different things that come with it. So like they get a hard ticket show. Mm -hmm. That's for one. But then it's like, yeah, they, you know, they get an opportunity in a space that they feel like is, you know, treasured and that they is normally not fit for them. First of all, when, you, when it comes to the unplugged, that was a big dice roll because we don't, and the, the thought behind that is we don't have a lot of hip-hop-focused venues right. for 
artists, especially here in St. Louis, that's up and coming, to go in here and present their craft. Then mm -hmm. two, a lot of hip hop artists are used to doing, you know, their tracks with the producer. They don't know no music on the outside of that. So, you know what I mean? Then they got an opportunity to get the structure of having a band behind them. Mm -hmm. Like Kayla, for instance. Kayla hit me up. And she, you know, she a rising hip hop artist, dope. And she was like, I want to do an unplug. And I was like, you got a band? And she was like, no, nah, I do tracks with a producer. I said, all right, well, go back to your pursuit. I said, I, I said, we only do live music here. I said, well, I would love to have you. She said, well, you know, how do I get a band? Like, she was like, how do I do my music with a band? Like, I don't know. She's like, I always work with a producer, you know. She hadn't been able to have that exposure. Right. I said, oh, it's easy. I said, well, talk to your producer for one. And then, too, when you're ready for some artists or some, you know, a band to put around you, let me know. I can help you put you some leads. And then maybe, like, two weeks went by, and she came right back, and she was like, I got a band. And I said, oh, yeah? And she told me who she had, and I knew the artists. And I was like, a lot of artists that give up, they're not going to take that challenge. They're not going to be like, oh, Take the extra step, too. No, they're just yeah. going to be like, oh, they're going to go back to what they used to or whatever. whatever. Mm -hmm. But, like, that's what that opportunity that room represent. Is it two-sided? Yeah. And I say it's two-sided because, you know, it's sometimes the artist isn't ready. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And when I say it's not ready, is they got to come back. They got to come. That's 125, 140 people room if you really want to stretch it. I mean, so like your goal is just obviously pack it out. And right. it's also, it's a, it's, a, it's a measuring stick. Because when you start talking about all these other venues you think you should be in, oh, I should, well, I, I want to play the past, I want to play Demar. Now you finna get a reality check. Yep. Because now you got to sell 100 tickets, 140 tickets, in order for you to only see some money, but to see some success. Yep. And so sometimes an artist looks at the thought of it, and sometimes it might overwhelm them. I, I, I use that word. It might overwhelm them to the point that, you know, they don't use it to the full opportunity that they can. And that's not even just in hip-hop. That's, a, you know, from artists on the full spectrum that we've done in Dark Room. Sometimes it's hit or miss. But I think that the hit overwhelms any miss no matter what, you know, the attendance or anything because mm -hmm. the elevation, the visibility of being I think in a space like that. it's... It's um, it's like this uh, not fear of failure, but you kind of afraid to face. Mm -hmm. that, that could be the same thing, but yeah, like yeah. it's. But how again? You can't grow without. All right, you says one hundred, one hundred forty. Yeah, one hundred forty tickets. Yeah. All right. I sold 20. That's that's a hard pill to swallow because it's like mm -hmm. your ego's involved too. Mm -hmm. Where it's just like, yo, I'm nice. I do this, this is in the third. But then the, the hard tickets don't sell. But what artists don't realize, not even just artists, just creatives in general, that failure mm -hmm. is a part of the destiny, it's fam. A part, yeah. like, it's a part of the journey. It's, it's, part, it's, like, it's, it's what it is. It's and and again, like you said, a measuring stick. Mm -hmm. uh, I sold 20. How can I double up? Like that's when yeah. you start thinking like, what I got to do to double up? To double up. And, I hear it all the time too. I'll be like, here they go. And they like, man, I'm finna pack this mug. I'm finna do duck room. I had three. I've had three so far since I've done the partnership. And maybe that says a good or bad. I think it's, I think it's not bad. I think it's just like the way I look at it. I'd be like, you know, there shows people the work that needs to be done. So I had three sellouts since I've been doing the partnership. Mm -hmm. It was Tiff. It was Sir Eddie C. And um, who am I leaving out? Yikes. 
uh, forgive me for whoever I'm beating out, and then weed is a thing. But for real, it was like Sir and the one person that I pick out of that is Sir Eddie. Eddie did a whole little marketing with little gelato. You know, he branded himself. He did a whole like campaign. He went to one of the ice cream shops on the south side. Did a partnership with them. They created gelato flavors for him. He when he did his dark room show, um, he asked me nothing. He came to me and was like, "Hey, can I um?" I need you to put me in touch with your kitchen manager because I got an idea on the menu. And can you put me in touch with who do the bar because I got some ideas of some drinks. Mm. I already seen artists do that. Like, you know, when we go to Enterprise, sometimes, you know, like, when we see big shows, they have a, a, a Drake hurricane or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, mm-hmm. so, so it's not outside the box. But I was like, when he asked me that before the show, I said, man, this nigga finna sell out. I'm mm. like, this nigga finna do it. Because it was a whole different box that he was thinking in, and that's how you have to, and that's the work, the brand management. Mm. You got to think yourself as a brand, because like, whether you're trying to grind as an independent or whether you're trying to get signed, if you're trying to get signed, the labels will want something that it can market. Right. It's they want it's, the business in place. They want money. Yeah. You know what I mean. So if you already got a, if you already thinking that thought process and you brand and move yourself that way. Shit, you making the work easier not only for yourself but for them too. Right, because they're gonna be like, oh, we, oh, we about to be the steroids, so we about to add on to what Look you what he got. We finna juice him juice up, time up. Team. right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you about to be all over Times Square, my buddy. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's how this is literally how they think. That's literally how they think. It's a business, like the music industry and the music business, the business. So like you know what I mean. So that's the work is you know telling artists to brand themselves, you know what I mean, put structure around them, mastermind, clear example of that too, you know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? Like, Absolutely. You know, with the doctor shows, with, you know what I'm saying? Right. When we came up with the SC thing, we was on a call like two years ago on a January, it was January, and we was like, Mo said, I want to know how we can tap in with Central City SC. And the season, you know, obviously the season hadn't even kicked off yet, they was just like, in the midst of everything. And I was watching Monday Night Football um, while we was on a Zoom call, and a commercial came on, and it was like Drake was curating the season mm-hmm. for, for Monday Night Football. And then when I seen that, it made me think about, you know, his ambassador shit with the Toronto Raptors. I was like, hey, man, we should pitch you as, like, the music ambassador, blah, 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 blah. And he was like, everybody on the call was like, bet. So we started putting together a pitch and all that. We put a pitch deck together and sent it to the dude that we knew um, over at SC. And they turned around and not only loved it, but then they made them a salary position. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, they were like, no, we finna... We hire gonna Yeah, we gonna hire you to be the director of music ex- yeah. musical experience. Man, that's branding yourself, putting yourself into a position mm. that, like, you can be more than just music. You know, we, you know how many songs get dropped every day? Hundred thousand more than that. I got title and Apple Music. <laughs> everybody drop a song every day. How do you set yourself apart? Yeah, mm. stand out. So that's like that's what St. Louis like. So that was the work in St. Louis, building us an ecosystem, multiple faces, multiple voices. You can come down here and you can pick a piece of fruit out the tree and be like, yeah. And you can come back and pick another one out the tree. There's so many of us here, so many different sounds, not that. You know what I mean? We turn it into that and show the weight. You know what I mean? We can't lose. Mm. Like. I on the I was on the plane on Monday on my way here back and shit and like I was watching the um I was watching like this interview you did, man. Like I did? 
Yeah, it's like again when it gets close, I'm like, all right, it's crunch time. Let mm-hmm. me like lock in, cause I, I like if I research it, guess like yeah. out of respect, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to come, you know, I don't know course, shit what they yeah. do, you know. Let's yeah. it's disrespectful if I did some shit like that. But like, uh, it was, I want to say it was like it was like Indiana University or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very short, and I was just on a plane just watching it. And I kept watching it like over and over again. And then what stuck out to me in this interview was like you was talking about how you kind of alluded to this earlier, talking right now and shit. But like how people view like artistry, creativity as like just a hobby, mm-hmm. need to go get a job. You said something similar in that interview where you was like, "Man, I had friends who just like yo, they just gave up, like because it was just kind of like on some like." Bro, I gotta survive. Like you know what yeah. I mean? I don't, I don't really know how to take the avenue to to get me paid yeah. off what I'm passionate about, and it. I again, I I just kept replaying this over and over again because I seen people kind of like go through it, but I didn't know what to say to them. Yeah. Like where it's just kind of like I like, I want to help because I never. I have my down days where I was like, mm-hmm. I just ain't got it in me right now. Let me just go live life. Yeah. And then I'll come back. And I usually get it back. Like I think that's one of the hardest parts of being a manager is like you got to always be ready to pour into an artist or to a musician. Like you got to mm-hmm. always be ready to pour or something. Like you don't want to be on some old rah-rah shit. Like, oh, you can do it. Don't give up. Mm-hmm. But, you know what I'm saying, you do want to figure out ways that you can stimulate and motivate and be like, hey, you know what I'm saying, it's a process. But, yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of people gave up because, like you said, you got to eat. Mm. You got to survive. You know what I mean? Like, and so you got to, sometimes you got to pick and choose that. You know? And that's also what the work is. You got to mm. position people, put us in a position where we can find ways to survive off doing this. Because right, it's, I always found, found it difficult because, like, it's, what do I say to someone who has the support? Where it's just like they have, like they have the support from being like, yo, like keep mm-hmm. going, bro. Like we here, mm-hmm. like we 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 support everything you do, but they and then they just don't like, like have it. You know what I mean? Like they mm-hmm. like it's it, again, it's kind of like somebody who's like a like an addict, where it's just like, yo, like we support you, we here for you to. To help you get over this addiction, yeah. but at the end of the day, is is you got to get through it. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that's real too. I think also I'll be always saying that like that's the other part about building the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Not everybody supposed to be front and center on the stage, right? Mm-hmm. There's that, roles to play. That's real. Yeah, it's roles, and a lot of a lot of artists are figuring it out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not my job. One thing I always say, it's not my job to tell someone if they got it or not. Mm. If I want to represent them, that's one thing. But it's not my job to judge an artist to an extent. So, you know what I mean? I'm never going to be on there all like, hey, you need to hang it up. You'll never never hear me say that publicly (laughs) in no aspect or nothing. But at the same time, like, that's the ecosystem work. It's roles. So, like... There can be songwriters. You might not be great at performing or you might not be strong at being front and center, but you can write some damn good songs mm, for yeah. her or for him. And a songwriter get more than the actual artist a lot of times. Right. They got to be taught that role. 
I mean, it's roles as producers. That's raw. I need, I need more. It need to be more of me. I can't just be the only one doing management here. I don't want to be no conglomerate. I can only right. do so much. So, like, I'm not holding no territory. Like, I'm the management here. No, we need more managers, more publicists. You know what I mean? That's strictly, that's structured straight just for musicians and artists, mm-hmm. producers, uh, creative directors, arrangers, whatever. You know what I mean? Like um, costume design, whatever. Man, we need more of that. Yeah. And so there's roles in the musical ecosystem. We just sometimes we got to figure it. We either got to get hit hard to figure it out or we got to tuck our ego in and fairly figure out what the st- strongest suit. You know what I thought of when you just said all that? Problem solving. And that is the 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 description of an artist to me or a creative. Mm-hmm. You solve problems. You solve problems. Whether you're a rapper, stage manager, whatever you you solve problems. Bingo. And I I think a lot of artists don't think that way. Like, bro, like you you're you're basically artists and creatives to me are like the windows to transcendence. Yeah. Like, where it's just like, all right, whether, again, you don't have to be front and center. Your role matters. Robert Ori matters, bro. Come on, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, on, this, Big Shot Bob. Big like, Shot Bob. How, well, how many points had that game? Maybe five? But he hit the shot that counts. Like, you know what I'm saying? Somebody recently Some... asked Shaq if Robert Ori should be in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. 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 Sometimes Absolutely. you can't be Steph. You got to be Clay. You know what I mean? Like you gotta and, be. And that's okay. Like, Andre Iguodala. Like it, come on, somebody gotta be. Any eating. other nigga on none of Usain Bolt's relay teams? Mm-hmm. But them niggas went gold for years. Yeah, and it, mm-hmm. took, it was it was a relay. All they know the Jamaican relay team was winning. Right. I think that you know once a, a lot of I ain't gonna say a lot, but once we get you know to the point where some artists are able to digest that, you know, we gonna be even stronger. Right. Like, we already as we already are like on a renaissance right now. It's a beautiful time to be a musician or even a creative and whole in St. Louis. We got some of your eyes on us right now. Um, everybody taking our music and our craft seriously. We got a lot of infrastructure and ecosystem here, you know, where there's music festivals and festivals coming in and coming out. Like, we hard right now. We doing extremely, um, extremely well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's more work to do. But we, yeah. like, we, we, we high right now. However... We gonna be strong as hell when a lot of these artists or other artists decide that you know you know I don't want to be front and center. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna write. Mm. I'm gonna do that. And we start utilizing these other positions and paths that supported the ecosystem. When they see we got all of those different aspects, that's when you know it's gonna really be at its full potential. Look, we wouldn't have the lunatics without Murphy Lee. You know, right. Murphy Lee. Had- Ali. Ali. You know? Slow down. Some of them had to come wrote some of the songs. Nelly, but- you know, like like it. Because I always, I used to be like, all right, man, like, we do an episode. And I'm like, man, niggas going to love this. But then I kind of, like, my mind started to, like, stray away from it. And I, my first thought after we finish the episode is usually like, yo, did we get our point across? Yeah. Like, that is yeah. what matters. Like, did what did all of us as a collective value what we said, yeah. whether it's, joking around like the joke or like if we was serious and having like trying to give tips and advice like do we as a whole do we stand on our principles and our code that we stand for Mm -hmm. did we the four of us did we value it and that became once I started thinking like that 
that's when it, it became more fun. That's right. Because it's just like, yo, I don't care if you like the episode or not. Yeah. Like, great. There's a lot of people that like shit I do. A lot of people that hate the shit I do. Yeah. But I I know that I'm like, yo, I didn't say nothing to make Mo uncomfortable yeah. or where he's like questioning me, like, yo, like, what is this nigga on? Yeah. Or like Marty the same way. Like, you know, it's 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 like I don't I've I know this sound kinda like crazy to say, but it's like I remove the optimism and the pessimism out of it. I'm like, yo, God got the guidance, fam. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that and, and that's that's like our artistry that I felt that keeps us going, so to speak. Yeah. Like when we hit them stale spots, like, man, what the fuck we recording for? Yeah, you know, man. like and, and it's just like, yo, I'd rather go do this, that and the third. Yeah. And we'll it's just kind of like, yo, we know the value that we have mm-hmm. amongst ourselves as a collective. The substance. Yeah, like, yeah, it's like substance. substance. I'm yeah. like, yo, like, the people need this. Yeah. Problem solving. Like, it's just like, it's problem solving. It go back to what you were saying earlier, too, intentional. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. even for me, like, I try to be intentional with almost everything I do. Right. You know what I mean, even from sit- sitting right here. You know what I mean? Like, if I don't feel like it's going to be nuggets or I-, I have something to give of substance I'm not gonna do it just to do it I don't need, yeah. I don't need my ego stroke you know what I mean like, <laughs> I'm, like we're on some real shit so like you wanna make sure that uh, every room or every opportunity you kinda go into you are able to drop some type of substance and people are able to listen to this mm-hmm. and leave away with something right. you know what I mean like I think we drop multiple things that people gonna be able to walk away from you know just listening to this but you know that's what it's about. Yeah. The recipe gotta have substance. Right. It's like it's like playing for the Lakers to me. <laughs> great season or horrible season, people gonna fucking hate you. Period. People gonna love the Cowboys, shit out of you. yeah. Lakers Cowboys. That's right. You know, damn right. You no, know, no matter what you do, you can... But we have the most championships. Look, fuck. If we wanted to be podcast of the year, like if we actually three went mics. For, it's just like, yo, we would do that. Like but, but then again, it, it became that's when we were early and we we was like, oh damn, like niggas got yeah. clout now. You, you know what it became though? Mm-hmm. You realize it was bigger than you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's me. For real. That's the work for me. I'd be like, this all of this is bigger than me. It's gonna yeah. always be bigger than me. Yeah. No, because like we started from my opinion, like, yeah, you know, our ego got into it, mm-hmm. we started doing this and that. So it's like Damn, you know, we only want to work with people who gonna take us further or mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But it was like, all right, it's bigger than that. Like, you know, it's people who still need us, but also still want to work with and us. People and people listening. Yeah, to you. it's, it's like how you did here. the dark room. Yeah. We we would it, you you a big dog to us. We can go interview somebody else that's considerably like having accomplished as much as you, and they'll look at it like. It's the championship, like polite coolery. Ask me to come on here, yeah. and like, like, and I'm like, yeah, like th- that's the point. Mm-hmm. Is drafted to the Lakers, yeah, you know like, yo, like, yeah, like, 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 mm-hmm. like, because everybody got a story to tell. That's right. You know, like whether it don't matter the status of the person is is more of like I, I always look at the soul, mm-hmm. like yo, like yo, what you doing is pure, and you have a story to tell. And you ain't out here on no bullshit. Yeah, you know, like, and, you care. And don't this everything to me because this is uh, it, it's a twofold for me. Is me carrying on my father's legacy, being able to tell his story, continue his, uh, to make sure that because his thing was he was like, son, I just don't want my work to ever die. 
Mm-hmm. And it was bigger. Like, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't even financial. And they're like, I don't want to be... He's just like, I want the blues and what I contributed. That's why I said as a musician, because music was forever. You know what I'm right? saying? Yeah. And so, like, he wanted them stories and them opportunities yeah. and them things told. So, like, it was that. And at the same time, it was like to build a foundation that his contemporaries was on even higher. Because nobody, like... we. I know we got this... It's a new... It's kind of a newer generation. But, like, no, everybody don't. If you do music in this city, to me, you already come from a historic soil. So do it. And mm. Whatever aspect it is, whether it's a, being a producer, or, Oliver Sane. Oliver Sane, one of the most legendary jazz musicians in the world. But he also is one of the most legendary producers and recording producers in the world. He just came from St. Louis. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like Johnny Johnson. You know, he's the piano behind Chuck Berry. I mean, one of the most legendary piano players in the world. Right. Nobody will know. Fontella Bass, Rescue Me, all this type of stuff. So, like, you know, if we really tapped into our legacy and our heritage of what St. Louis music represent, we'd be cold. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, like, especially with the younger artists, like, if they were sampling some of this and, like, really we tapped really in, come on, we'll be crazy cold. Mm-hmm. But, you know what I'm saying, you know, to each his own. But, like, we come from the heritage. So, like, me finally realizing it later on, who all these old people was when I was a kid, like, I played into a part. So, you elevate that in connection with what we're doing, it makes people be like, oh, they're continuing the heritage of St. Louis music, right. and they're just not musicians from St. Louis or local musicians. You know right. what I'm saying? So, like, you know, you got to build the word, the substance, put the substance behind it, and make sure that people understand, like, what we're really coming to the table with when we decide to be musicians and artists out of this city. Outside of the, the obvious time that your parents grew up in what what interested you the most about both of them following their passion and their creativity at the time that they were trying to follow it i think the biggest thing was like you know how we know when we get on like you like early like when we start off you call me rich paul mm-hmm. like I, I was like oh man i love that but you know how rich paul got on lebron Mm-hmm. LeBron got on, put his that's his part of his best friend clique. Mm-hmm. He put him in a position to win. Hey, you good at this? Blah 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 blah. Fast forward, look at him. Man, my dad. Well, didn't they start as teammates though? Didn't yeah, they, they played. Yeah, they played. Now imagine if Paul kept trying to be a fucking basketball player. <laughs> like nigga. Yeah. Go fucking bark a but contract, see, nigga. But see, at the same time, like when you think about it, LeBron had a vision. When, yeah. One of us gonna make it. So mm-hmm. all of us gonna make I, it. Look, I, I got a vision. I, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I use that example because my old, my dad and my mom, when my, my dad met my mom, um, she, you know, she, sang, she sang gospel and stuff, but, like, he just basically, she had a really good voice, so he's like, oh, man, you finna perform with me, baby. So, I you know, a couple of tracks, it, some, some, some of my dad's most well-known songs, like Tears Come Rolling Down, is hearing my mom on that song. Mm-hmm. But he put her in a position to win with him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When he met her, she was working at, like, um, uh, a cafeteria, Miss Who Ellen's or whatever. Mm. But, like, you know, she sang gospel and all that, but, like, she wasn't no already a performer. But when they got married, 
You know what I mean? He was like, shit, I'm finna put you in a position for not only I'ma get this money, we finna get this money together, so they gonna pay us as a duo with my band, blah, 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 blah. She started singing blues songs, the rest is history. So Mm. it was just like, um, watching that, to answer your question, watching that is just like how you transcend to how you look at this scene. We win when we cross-pollinate with each other, Mm. when we pull each other across the finish line. Right. Ain't nobody thought about. Remember when uh, R. Kelly and, and Jay Z did the best of both worlds, mm-hmm. and duel, and then they went on tour and did a double bill. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 but like, just oh, an example, just but, an example. You know what I'm saying? It's been a while. No, it's been a while. It was like yeah. 90. Nah, never mind. I want to show my age. I want to show my age. But nah, for real, like I use that example to be like, why just doing co-bills with each other? Mm. You know what I'm saying? If y'all, if you feel like, if you feel like you can fill up, you can't fill up this room, or you know, I can bring at least half. Man, we you bring your half, I bring my half. Mm-hmm. We got a nice following. We're gonna make a cold ass poster with our faces side by side. And it's gonna be us as a co-headliners. And we're gonna put on a dope ass show, and we might have us an opener. And you, who how many artists in the last couple of years have you seen do something like that? I mean, and we're uh, we not gonna bingo. Yeah. But y'all can run up here and get this bag together real quick by doing a cold ass co bill. Y'all ain't gotta be best friends. I tell people all the time, who said y'all gotta be best yeah. friends? But you can be great collaborators together mm. and you know, put some of y'all magic together and get this money. Hey. Now you got it. Your fans, my fans, we combining our fans. Now we both got double fans. The, the best, the best example of what you're saying is Mad Villainy. Mm-hmm. Um, Madlib mm-hmm. and MF Doom. Madlib said, "Like, look, I talked. We talked to each other maybe five times, and we was in the. He was in the basement. I was, I was upstairs. We'll meet at the end of the day. Like, yo, this is what I cooked up. Mm-hmm. All right, bet I'm gonna go lay down and shit to this." And it like it, the chemistry was there just off the talent alone, but they both understood what they were doing. This is history. You understand the mission. Yeah, the mission. So, you know what I'm saying? So whether it's a collaboration on the song, whether it's like I said, a dual co-bill, whether it's we doing whatever. But you know what I'm saying? Like, find ways to to cross-pollinate mm-hmm. so you can like double up the field. Y'all, now y'all both finna make some dope ass, some good ass money. Mm-hmm. Now y'all both can double up listeners and streamers and followers and now both of y'all just transcended a little bit more further than y'all were, you know what I'm saying, before. That's a lot of the recipe but nobody was sitting And then the people gonna call you back for more. That's kind of the recipe of polite cooler if you like, in a sense. Because it's like, you know, now we have our own listeners but we got people want to hear you. Yeah. So mm-hmm. even if it's only 10, we hope to at least grab two of them. You know, cross hey. pollinate now. Say, so, Alonzo's so, interview was great. Let's take this back catalog. Yeah. I, every, what I, they got. Same we thing with Alonso. Morgan. Same thing with Morgan. When y'all had Morgan, like, you know yeah. how Morgan, I heard, like, Morgan killing it right now. I love Morgan. That's my mm-hmm. girl. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's yeah. my sister. Want to be at your brunch on Sunday my, for my birthday? That's, <laughs> that's, that's you know, very that, fucked up. That, that's, <laughs> that's my sister. And the reason I... I, I love Morgan so much is because 
she's a clear represent, representation of somebody that don't wait for nobody to give her shit. Mm. I'm not waiting on no plate. I'm not waiting on no hand. I'm finna go out here and figure out ways to plant these seeds. I'm finna go get it. She's the ultimate researcher. She's the ultimate. So, like, y'all having her on that show, that transcended into so many different layers because her relationships, relationships is key. Relationships is probably the most, is more beneficial. To relationships and respect. Oh, I love my respect more than I love my money. And mm -hmm. I do like money because obviously we got to keep the lights on. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? We got to. But I love my respect more. Yeah. I love that because you can't buy that. Right. Nope. Somebody either don't give it to you, and then not everybody gonna give it to you, and that's okay. You get it. it but you know what I'm saying? With respect, that you can't without money, with with or without money. You just mm -hmm. you just yeah. finished man, it. Look, right we, man, I went out. I've gone out with this man everywhere. Usually they always ask for it. If I'm alone, where's Mo? Uh -huh. If Mo alone, where's Benny? Benny? But when I go out with him now, because again, I told you, he the face. Like, he the face yeah. of like Plaque Hooli. So, like, when I go out with him and Nico, I ain't paying for shit. And it's just off respect it's of respect. them two. It's like, where it's them two. I'm in last place. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, with, with them two, we, where we went. Sophie's can I, always... Can I, can, I, can I speak up? Yeah, please. Please do. I, mind you, I've been at, Remember, I've been playing this game for a minute. Mm -hmm. But when we introduced Lonzo to this equation, it went up. Mm. It went all the way up. I'm talking about from, like... You know, I'm going to use my face-ass nigga. Like, <laughs> privilege. Like, if, if, if I got privilege somewhere, I'm using it. Right. Yeah. What the fuck else if I... And, and what's what am I working there for? for? Yeah, right. Like, even if it's off one of my friends' work, it's like, shit, they work for this. Like, you know, they ain't worried about me because I'm still friends with them. Like, it, this happens. But, like, yeah. I, I've been there. Like, when Lonzo was introduced in the picture, it was like, all right... You know, uh, he can help you with, you know, equipment on stage. And then Lonzo, he's like, all right, we got lunch over here for y'all niggas, too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Also, like, real shit. Like, I be, I be, um, I be frank. Like, I love the underdog. I'm a big, you know, everybody love the underdog story. But for me, I, I'm a, I love the underdog. And I used to be that. You know what I'm saying? I used to, like I said, I bust tables. I um, was the food runner and all this shit. So I've done every kind of different aspect and and whatever to thrive and survive. But like, I'm also a realist. Mm -hmm. And the realist is like, I know that I'm not that underdog anymore. I'm the machine. So mm -hmm. for me, I have to be realistic in not only understanding that that's what my role is, but I still don't have to get away from what it takes, what it took to get there. Mm -hmm. yep, yep. You know what I mean? Hey. So like. like I, I went to my first rave and I just seen Nico give the people at the door a hug and she just simply asks, are they okay? Yes. Yeah. And I was just like, okay. Mm -hmm. I get it. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like she, she they, like, Working. they looked at her like she was a celebrity. Oh my God, Nico's here. Hugged. Yeah. She's like, hey, they with me. Mm -hmm. Working with Lonzo adds value to your presence. Mm. I, well, I'm, I'm a, I'm a. That's just the work. That's just the work. Right. Because like yeah, I told a, you earlier, yeah. like my emphasis was the Motion, brand. the work, the brand. visibility, yep. the elevation. So my job was, you know what I'm saying, Nico was already, you know, she was grinding, killing it on the scene. But so for me, it was like, all right, take this work and then elevate it and maximize the time seeing. So let's put her in rooms that normally people ain't expect her to be in or, mm -hmm. you know, because now she's earned that. Mm -hmm. So you know what I mean? So like, you know, now it's time to start pitching that, you know, galas and, and Bennett fundraisers and opening up, you know, tour stops or whatever. Like, it was about 
elevation and visibility. That's what it's about in the day, like just doing, just yeah, elevating right. the work. And Nico been and putting be, her work in for so long. Be, like that's the best thing. Like she cultivated the work organically around the city. Mm-hmm. So then when it was time to elevate even more, you know, people had already respected and knew the work because she had planted them seeds already. Out of all the tears you have, where do you think polite coolery falls? Mm, the brand management. I so thought so. A brand I knew I was. I thought it's about a, it. Yeah, yeah this is a brand now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's it really about, is. yeah, it's about putting y'all in places and, and elevating the podcast and putting putting y'all in places where um, more yeah, can see the trajectory. Marty has always been kind of like, all right, so like, I look at us like... It's promotion, it's, it's logo. Like it's Q, Q is Merchandise. The, yeah, like Q's the heart and the brain. Mm-hmm. He, a lot of people, again, because he don't, he don't talk on the mic as much as like me, Mo, and Marty do. But niggas don't know, like without him, it's like you chopping the head off the snake. The body. Yeah, like see, it's just like he's. You see, the environment, and not only that structure here, because y'all already got the structure on lock. Imagine like this going the elevation is like imagine y'all being on a YouTube channel and y'all doing a YouTube show like you already know how that monetization go mm-hmm. and y'all got artists top tier either rise in St. Louis artists in this room doing this like drink champs no not to compare y'all because this, <laughs> this, this is a different element this is a different element but you know what I mean not trying to compare but you know what I mean like the goal mine is y'all have access to a treasure trove of artists that are on the way. Yeah. And so, like, you know what I mean? It's about putting eyes to, you know what I mean, the voices. Like, that would be the next level. Somebody remind me of that comment, too, because I got I got leverage. Not leverage. I got I got progress on that subject. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd, yeah, that'd be the next level. Ideas. That'd be the next yeah, level. Yeah, because Marty always been the guy that'd be like, all right, like, we got... Niggas know y'all, we these niggas, but it's time to, like, Sponsors, yeah, da, 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 da. like he always been the one. That sponsors kinda, and relationships, like for instance, say like say this, say this would have happened two weeks ago or whatever, and you know the connection would would have been y'all being on location real quick, getting a quick five to ten minute talk with Di yeah, at, 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 at um. Yeah, but Sophie's this nigga can't stage. be on top. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, you live and you learn. You live and you learn. But, you but know also, I thought of that late. I was like, right. damn, when Benny. But that's what there. I'm saying. Using your cult, using and cultivating your relationships. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. When no, you know somebody, when you know somebody, that was our dick Clint. Yeah, that's why like I was saying. I was saying, hey, yeah, we did it with Clint. And Ryan, I was saying, when, some, when, when somebody got respect for you already, and you know somebody really fuck with you, you not asking. You not you don't you don't feel bad ass like hey you know you think we could fuck around maybe do like a five minute damn right man come on y'all make sure y'all got your shit and be on time we finna do a little woo, woo. somebody you know what I mean creating that bridge for you mm. opportunities taking taking that you know what I'm saying oh, using oh, it. we'll using talk it. off air this this my That's short this my short coming I guess where it's just like Marty be like yo you need to do. X, Y, Z. I'm like, fuck, where the fuck do I start at? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, like, I don't, like, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm one of them, I'm one of them, I'm sure you had clients like this, where it's like, man, I'm just about art. 
I'm just like, yo, I just want to show up, do the art, and yeah. I don't know nothing about And again, it was like you saying, like, you just don't have the knowledge. I can't of do you that. I can't do you like that. I'll be doing a disservice to you if I sit there and be like, oh, it's just about the art. Allow me to do everything. You don't know nothing. Right. But then, like, you know what I'm saying? What if shit hit the fan? <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? You'd be like, oh, I don't know. Lonzo told me just listen to him. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you stuck talking to the IRS because, you know, shit ain't paid or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, you want to make sure you got that bridge. You want to make sure you have somebody that's actually invested in you past just I don't make money if you don't work mm. you can pay my retainer you can pay my 15% whatever it is but after that retainer $1,000 $2,000 sound great for the retainer but we want to we hungry we want to eat so mm. like past that my job is to make sure that we eat I'll be doing a disservice to you if I'm not sitting here making sure that we have bridges and alleyways for us to consistently get that 20 and 15% for me mm-hmm. and you get that bag for you and we continue to move. So, like, man, you got to have... I feel like you just... You know I mean, it, you get, you have to be invested um, and infused in somebody and to actually really make it succeed, to make it work. Yeah, because I think, like, oh, we should be hosting everything moving. Come on, man. We should, we should have the events. And so then, it's... it's I've been, I've been like trying to drill it and all of them just like we took the break everything but it was just like earlier it's just like be able to shoot shots because uh-huh. um I was always at the Helium seeing shows and it's like I went to talk one of my favorite comedians Clint Coley was there I was like yo you in town for the rest of the day tomorrow want to slide through to a podcast because a lot of times artists is not doing nothing they, they get nothing. depending if they like fly in and fly out yeah. or they ride in and ride out but like a lot of times they have free time like we uh stretching what well, stretch was here from stretching barbito mm, yeah. i was trying everything like yo do we have an hour mm-hmm. do you have well max be like two hours you gotta get yeah. there and get back but it's just like trying to find little little nooks and crannies nuggets, to like yeah. get something because I'm like, I always been about, you know, before they put me on the show, it was just like, I love what they did. I love, I love everything what they doing. Yeah. And then when I got at it, made me also a better photographer in general. But it's just like, we have it. We have it. And we have the personalities. We have the writers. We have the studio equipment. It's there for us. We got the substance and the material. Sometimes it's even easy. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, man, y'all go print up 20 shirts. But you know what I'm saying? Like, and get some, and get to, and get, and the, we, get the bitches y'all know that's just fine, and get, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yo, yo, people, your connection. And, and, and also funny. real stuff, like, you know, having that, just that presence in some way, shape, or form. Somebody gonna look at her and like, damn, what's polite? You know what I'm saying? Oh, and then, you know, that's where the nugget and the seed get planted. And mm. then, like, you no, know, in six months, it's also gonna be like, the trajectory rise up so much, you'll be able to be hosting, like you said, hosting events because of, you know what I mean? What? I remember when Blank Space came it's back. It's so when Blank much. Space came yeah, back. you know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, let me, yeah, host, let me let let me me host so-and-so yeah. night. Let me do this and this. Or if Nico do an event, she fuck around and had y'all as the host and she's... She has. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And it pops. You know what I'm saying? Morgan, you know what I mean? Like, their relationship. Oh, yeah, let us host as the host of so-and-so. so-and-so. Man, it's the presence of the podcast. You're putting elevation and eyes on that. And then at the same time, you're getting new fans, whoever is in attendance, based off of the camaraderie and the verbiage. I'm I'm pretty sure you already spoke on this, kind of. But what is the process of pricing yourself to you? That's where your first whole ticket show come in at, for real. Mm. Um, 
or your first event that you do that's self-produced where, you know what I mean, you picking the risk and the money coming in. So, like, with the hard ticket, I tell the artists, too. So when they do dark room, like, basically, if they come in the dark room, they sell it out, and they make $2,200, and mm-hmm. they walk with whatever, you know what I mean? If they walk with 18, whatever. If they make the gross, if the gross is 22, the gross is 1,800, whatever, take that, you know what I mean, and do a little math with it. If you want to take 10% off or whatever, but I say the highest gross potential that you make at your first horror ticket show where people are strictly coming to see you, you just value yourself. Mm. Because like when you get ready to submit for a festival, oh, I want to get that music at the intersection. That's, you know, everybody can be on that. You know, you send them your paper and be like, oh, well, you know, when I did this last show, that's how Eddie got on, using him as an example. Using him as an example again. That's how Eddie got on music at the intersection. Everybody was like, man, how Eddie get on? Because he did that darkroom show with me, and he Mm -hmm. sold it out. And and, and crazy enough, the executive director of Cranberg Arts Foundation, Chris Hansen, Chris knew, had heard Eddie music already. When I told him, shout out to Chris, Chris. Mm -hmm. love Chris, but... When, Chris, when I told Chris, we sat in his office, me, Chris, and Rob, and I laid out the schedule for that month, and I told him I was going to have Sir Eddie, and he was like, oh, man, I love Sir Eddie. I, I laughed. I said, you know, I said, for real? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Shit. I love Chris. Chris, like, man, that's like big bro to me, but, you know, he white Jewish. So you like, <laughs> you listen to Sir Eddie Z? Oh, you no, heard Chris, this? Chris, Chris is yeah. so here. When he used to have yeah. Lola... He brought everybody. Hey, he hey, brought everybody. When I first met Chris, Chris gave me the whole rundown, like, man, straight, you know what I'm saying? City boy. You know what I mean? Nah. Like, <laughs> nah. you know what I mean? Like, straight up. Like, that's why I love Chris about Chris so much. Cause you know, he straight gutter, he tell you nah. the real raw. Shoot. So like when he said he like, yeah, I know Sir Eddie, and I couldn't believe it. I'm like, damn, I'm like, I'll prove it. <laughs> so he ended up he ended up coming to Eddie's show. Yeah. He came and came for the first set and stayed the whole time and he mm. was jamming woo-woo. But like I said, that was like, I think that was the second sellout. Tiff was the first. Yeah, so he seen the ticket sales, all that. Like a couple months went by, he was like, Yeah, I want Eddie on Maddie. Mm. And the reason why was because he showed the value. Right. Shit, he I think Eddie like 20, almost close to 25. I don't want to tell, tell his business, but like right, almost close right. to 2,500, 2,400, something like that on that show, on gross, at the dark room. No, that's important. Like, yeah, definitely. And he sold merch on top of that too. Merch, food, drink, like all that connected. Yeah, that's drink for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the selfies pop up. And just like, that's why I appreciate you about Eddie because he has the vision. Because ain't just like, I'm doing the show. Like, yeah. oh, we got He's a shirt. He's intentional, yeah. Yeah, we have a shirt that you remember this night from. All you need is the machine. All he, all he missing is the machine. Yep. Yeah, and that's coming. Yeah, you know I mean, that's coming because he's already generated other. But like, he got the he got a lot of other aspects that we would already be killing for right now. You know, right. what I mean, the marketing, yeah, yeah. the branding, driving the music, and just like a lot of artists don't think about that. And, um, so Chris seen the value. Like, let's go back to that number. Like you were saying, like a lot of artists don't think about that. But Chris, he sold out the dark room. Did that number? Chris seen the value. Like, oh, okay, so mm-hmm. even if I cut this number in half, and he bring half of these people to the festival. We looking at so and so and so. We looking at this much. Right. That's the value. I bring him into the table because I know he gonna bring equity. He gonna bring ticket sales. Blah 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 blah. So it's about that's how you show your work. Do these hard ticket sales. Create merch. 
do merch. Merch. Like, merch is so much. That's how you really get a good bulk of your money. None yeah. of these artists are really making anything from streaming. Unless you're smart enough to go on Bandcamp and sell yourself on Bandcamp or have tangible vinyl yeah. or tapes and CDs. It's just, you got to have the merch. It is something you have to invest into. Yep. But if you say but you have it. the people, you have the support, yo, that merch is going to, like, keep you afloat. It keep you afloat, and it's worth it, especially if you be on some, like, oh, I'm going to be intentional, so it's like a keepsake. Like, with Eddie shirts, using Eddie again. Like, you know what I mean? You look at it, you're like, oh, man, this shit, I'm going to keep this, and, you know... It'll be it's dated. I was there. Yep. I was there when it went before he blew up and I had this auto shirt. Right. Blah 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 blah. Know what I mean? Or if you're doing vinyls, you know what I'm saying? You do a small no CDs. I still buy CDs because I it, on CDs I buy is artists that I really, really, really like or value and I buy them because of that keepsake thing. I won't open up the plastic yeah. or anything. Yeah. If it's somebody I know I have them sign it, woo But other than that, like obviously we're not gonna play the CD. Like, you know, we can pull it up and stream it. So it's a keepsake. So think about keepsakes when you're doing this merch. Do think about something that somebody's gonna take with them and it's gonna be a part of them. After they, after after the whole moment, so yeah. they can be able to continue to push you, talk about you out there. Right. And this, this is important because uh, I literally saw someone with a uh, polite cooler bucket hat the other um, the other week. Now I saw like a shorty on Instagram wearing like the champagne shirt we had. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like thinking, I'm just See, like, yo, that's what I'm saying. We got we got definitely run back some merch yeah. back again. So thank you, giving sure. like. Putting that spark back in. I was yeah. like, yo, we need. I didn't have some TikTok something. wearing these shirts, man. Right. I'm on Snapchat <laughs> doing these shirts. Uh, again, <laughs> anime TikTok. Hey, being with Benny, y'all, no, we, we, we good. So, no, we definitely getting there. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's about making your mark. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I'll leave it at that. You know, I'll leave it with this type. You know what I mean? It's definitely always about an imprint. Mm-hmm. When I talk to Orton about dark room shows, city wineries sometimes, like when it's time for that role or whatever, whatever, I'd be like, man, we finna do this show to make an imprint. Like, if we make the money, obviously we looking to make the money, so like, you know, bonus, but like, at the end of the day, it's an imprint. And what mm-hmm. an imprint does is, it leaves a mark with somebody or with something. So, artists gotta get in the mind frame of everything that I do is an imprint. Or, you know what I mean, when I do certain things, it's gonna be an imprint. That's what people gonna mm-hmm. come back and remember you for. Like, I always wanted to ask you this question when I like find out about like who your parents were. Like, did you was it hard for you as a kid to get into their genre of what they did? Like, or did you always respect them because of like they were your heroes per uh, se? Or did they kind of have to like? It was hard. <laughs> it was fucking hard. Because I, I, I don't listen to many kids I, like, listen I, to blues. Like I, so. like, like, I understood my damn music, and they went like, oh, here go the blues. Like, I like the blues, but it was like, it would always be at places where it was just like, it wasn't a lot of me. Young, young black oh, kids. Right, right, right. And even fast forward to blues now, like, we got a, we got a really nice youth blues renaissance, man. Like, you know, mm-hmm. with Marquise, you know, Dylan Triplett, Kingfish, um, Octavius Willis, like if you look up all these names, you know what I mean? Like you'd be like Sean McDonald, you'd be like, ah, oh, damn. And these are all young black musicians. But like when I was growing up, one of those kids listening to blues, like you said, one of those kids listening to blues, so I didn't see a lot of me. So that's what make, automatically made me feel like, oh, uh, you know, 
Forget this, because I don't see no kids liking it. You know what I mean? This ain't popular. This is old folks. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So I had to understand later on how important it was and how, you know, how my mama and my daddy and his friends was giants and all that and how much this music, the blues is um, the mother of all music. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, like, especially the mother of all American music. You know, the blues is the DNA. Like, if you think of any, like, let's, let's take it a different genre. Like, if you think of, like, rock, right? Mm -hmm. And you think of, like, where people... You can take, like, a Rolling Stones list of, like, the greatest rock bands of all time. Let I use, like, Led Zeppelin, for example. Mm -hmm. Since I Stopped Loving You, it's blues. Like, that's, yeah. that's just that's pure blues. blues. And one of the few people... I remember Quincy Jones went on, like, that random some shit mm -hmm. in a random interview. Mm -hmm. the, the one band he respected, he said, was Led Zeppelin. And I think it's because they had, like, that blues influence and they knew how to play. And he was like, yeah, those motherfuckers is real because they yeah. know the history know and the history. how to do shit. If you remember, like, some of the biggest bands in the world, uh, Rolling Stones, the Beatles, mm -hmm. they were all people that looked up and idolized Muddy Waters or the yep. blues, or blues artists and the whole... Their music was inspired by the blues, by black music. Black, black music. By black music. So, you know what I mean? Uh, yep. It's our, uh, DNA. it's our DNA. Nevada. Because you just like, yo, them drums is yeah. from um, the Gap Band. Gap Band. ZZ Top. ZZ Top. You know, that's why they had Marquise going tour with him. Mm. Like, you know, uh, old boy was like, you know, oh, I ain't going to say just him, but like, they all work. They all come from idolizing blues music. So, mm -hmm. like, you know, seeing him. They're like, oh, man, you know, young black kid playing the blue, woo, woo, this what? So they put them on. But, like, they're influenced. All these, the biggest, some of the biggest artists in the world are influenced by uh, music, blues roots music, blues mm -hmm. music. You know, Whether they know it or not. Whether they know it or not. <laughs> but, like, you know, Rolling Stones named themselves to Rolling Stones because of Muddy Waters. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, but it's... Blues is interesting because I feel like it's the one genre of music that you can't lie in. You know how like they say like it's rappers, true. rappers like yo, like rapper ain't really like living his life. That's different. That's just like different. Yeah, the but blues. With blues is kind of like nah. You feel you feel that the blues is life. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's happy. It's sad. Everybody talk about the blues, sad music. It's you know what I mean to a degree. Yeah, you hear it, but same time you gonna hear some happy. You know what I'm saying? You gonna hear some happy shit. You gonna have some joyful shit. You gonna have some pain. You gonna have some misery. Life. It's the blues, you know what I mean? The, the blues is life. And, it's, and that's what the original blues musicians sang about. Mm -hmm. My daddy used to say all the time, like, he'd be like, son, I ain't gonna, you ain't gonna never hear me talking about I'll fly across the moon for you. And woo -woo. He's like, because it, <laughs> he's like, because, 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 for real though, he'd be like, I hear them songs. He'd be like, man, you ain't gonna never hear me sing, you know. He like, cause that's not realistic. That's mm. not the truth. That's not life. Mm. Well, you can't swim a thousand miles across the ocean. You gonna die. He like, mm. you gonna be too tired. There's no way you can swim across the ocean. So uh, he's not catching grenades like Bruno Mars. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> The snowman. <laughs> no, but because it's it's because blues is rooted in spirit, and yeah. spirit is truth. That's right. That's right. They're like, this is you gotta feel that shit. It's the truth. It's, is, it's it's life. It's it's it's, it's, it's it, yeah. The blues is the truth. That's period. What it is. Would you say that's what blues taught you about life the most? Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
that's where the realists come in. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You got to know when to check your ego. You got to know, you got to have a thick skin mm-hmm. um, in this business. You got to be able to accept being told no or that that, that sucks or that's great, whatever. Um, and you also got to be prepared for, you know, the sun, the rain, and the snow. Mm. I mean, that's the trajectory of a musician's career. When my daddy started, I mean, before he started playing music, like, he was a um, shoeshine, he shoeshine, lookout, you know, I was for, um, you know what I mean, them speak Evies back when doing Prohibition, you know what I mean? He's been, he'd mm. been a debt collector when you had to walk around with the gun, you know, you know what I'm saying? That's how you collected the debt, knocking on doors. Like, he was a refrigerant, you know what I'm saying? He did AC work out there. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's life. Life. You know what I'm saying? That's it's life. A That's a blues. It's yeah. a journey, you know what I'm saying? Um, that's, that's, that's really what you going to succeed at. People want to hear shit that they can relate to. Nobody want to hear no sugar and sweet story. Like, oh, man, he did this, he did this, went there, and he went on to be a champ. Like, people want to hear struggle, because we all struggle. Mm. We all cry. We all fuck up. We all do bullshit. We all do great shit. I mean, people want to be able to know that they can do all this shit and bounce back. Mm. They want to hear you and be able to say, you say that you fucked up. Or hear Drake say that, you know what I'm saying, he fucked up and he was a shit stain, but then he found out a way to make it better. And this is how he made it better or whatever. Like, even with Sexy, you know what I'm saying? Like, shit, I support Sexy, whatever. Because you know what? She a, she a black girl with a dream that came from the North Side. I grew up on the North Side, too, right down the street from Matthew Dickey's. Mm-hmm. I was a D.C. kid. They busted. Mark Twain was right down the street, like a block from us, from my house. Like we, I got busted out to Valley Park every day, 45 minutes, to mm-hmm. like venting. You know what I'm saying? Early, it was like boy. early. You know what I'm saying? We're like maybe 75 other black kids in a whole, to a whole, like, 500, 600 mm-hmm. white kids in the district. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, mm. <laughs> nigga, that's the North, nigga, that's, yeah, right. Right. that's where we come from. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a lot of people's stories. You know what I'm saying? I was a runt. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't running around the North Side. Got hung with the best, got beat up by the best, whatever. Like, we all come from that shit. You know what I'm saying? So, like, whether you agree with the music or not, whether you think she, whatever, mm-hmm. I support the shit because, one, that's added light on everything that St. Louis continues to do. So if you don't like mm-hmm. it, you're going to see what this other fruit look like. But two, shit, she a black girl come from the north side that dreamed about this shit. Mm-hmm. She doing her. And she achieved that dream mm-hmm. like we all want. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's what, that's what we want to hear. That's what, if you want to know what type of music to write, or what type of music you should do, or what's your sound, your sound is just shit, whoever you can relate to. Mm. Talk your shit. Yo, it's always about relatability, and I I like to see artists get, like, uncomfortable with the art. Yeah, you gotta be vulnerable is the best word. Yeah. You gotta be be completely vulnerable. You gotta be like, shh. Yeah, because if you always like, yo, this is what works, I'm like, all right, what if you try this? And I, don't be concerned if it hit or miss. Just try it. You right. know what I'm saying? Just to kind of like, because it's not, it's not what you're used to. Right. So it's like you're uncomfortable and you're like, all right, 
do it, just see how it sounds. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm just all about the 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 attempt. The, the, the attempt, the attempt is what the matters attempt. to me. Yeah, it has to. That has to be uno number one. I mean, the attempt of you being able to have somebody listen to you and feel you and feel what you're saying. Mm. That's who gonna uplift you. That's your core fan base. People that can listen to you and be like, man, I don't know how I vibe with this, but man, he, I, I, I feel, I feel what this is. I feel what this is, whether it's party vibe, whether it's this song, whether it's a struggle song, whatever. But I can hear your voice and be like, man, shit, I relate to that. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, that's who's gonna, that's who's gonna lift you up. That's how you create a core fan base is creating something that people don't, people don't, don't stop I'm coming out here with, hey, don't come with that bullshit. You're right. Yeah. By that merch. By that merch. I, like, I do this like I do with everybody else. Like, if, what would the younger Lonzo be proud of the current Lonzo that we sitting in front of right now? That he did the management shit and <laughs> listen to it, and listen to his pop. Cause I did not listen, man. I was a hard headed kid. Um, I think we just re resembled each other so much. You know, and my dad was stubborn and shit. And so like, mm-hmm. I was always, I mean, a young kid, so I would be the bull. Like, man, this just not how I work no more. And he'd be like, ain't nothing new under the sun. You know what I'm saying? So like, mm-hmm. you know, that like, you had that. Cliches or cliche for a reason. reason. Yeah. I, I, you know that's saying? when I learned as I got older. Like that shit, we might not like it, but that shit. It was there. It was so, I, I heard you can see it stuck with me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like everything was like that. And so I feel like I would be proud at the fact that I, you know, took this role and actually ran with it. Um, because uh with no ego intent, I do know you know, what I represent, you know what I mean? So, um, this guy work, you know, this is people being able to obtain their dreams and be able to obtain their dreams and use it as a way to, again, make a living for themselves. I'm not going to promise you you're going to get famous. I'm not going to promise you you're going to get rich, but I can promise you we're going to figure out a way to make this be your bread and butter and you can live and thrive off of doing what you gifted or love to do. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, um... Yeah, I'm glad I didn't, you know, I'm glad I, I took this road and this is the work that I'm doing, but, you know, we got some, we got more to do. But, yeah, I'll probably be proud today because younger me, it didn't look so good. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to find other shit to do and just imagine what I could have been doing if I would have went another route or if I would have ran from the legacy, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I could be doing a whole complete disservice to whatever it is now, so. Ladies and gentlemen, the St. Louis Rich Ball. We out.